Hello, my name is Gillian Bowen. I'm the Australian Manager of Public Affairs at Chartered Accountants ANZ, or CAANZ. And this is Small Firm Big Impact, a podcast giving you and your clients the up-to-date information you need to do your jobs. And there are plenty of resources, tools and expert advice provided by CAANZ that I'm looking forward to sharing with you each fortnight. Yes, that's right. We'll be coming to you every two weeks. So make sure you followed the pod in your favourite pod app. You don't want to miss me picking apart the brains of a range of people across our profession, including our own CAANZ experts, as well as people who know a thing or two about public practice. Let's get cracking. Today, we have Michael Croker in the hot seat, Chartered Accountants, ANZ's tax and financial services expert. The topic working from home deductions and changes being rolled out by the Australian Tax Office. Now, Michael, let's set this up. What did COVID do to how we work in Australia? Well, it revolutionised the way we work and uh, um, by law, many Australians were uh, forced to work from home and the ATO responded to that uh, with a work from home rule of thumb method, 80 cents per hour. And uh, under the new uh, guidelines that we're about to discuss, Mm. that's about to change. Mm. So then thinking and keeping that in mind about how we were forced to work from home during the pandemic for our safety and for the nation's safety, what does working from home look like now in 2022? Well, in most cases, uh, particularly for accounting firms, what we're hearing is that um, the uh, change, if you like, to work patterns uh, is uh, being accepted more and more by employers Mm. who are saying that even though COVID restrictions are lifted, we now have a situation where employers are saying, look, uh, for two or three days a week, you're uh, able to continue working from home, but we'd like you to come into the office for so-called team days or collaboration days uh, for the, the other two or three days a week. Mm. So there's a bit of a hybrid method going on. So people still are very much using that home office that they would have set up during the pandemic. Exactly. And uh, that means that these home offices are taking on a life of their own. People are starting to um, you know, surround themselves with the sort of workplace tools that they need, their, their laptop, their, their, their desk or office table, mm. uh, uh, an ergonomic sort of work chair. Definitely need the ergonomic chair for our backs, definitely. Yeah, that's very true. So then you had mentioned uh, a moment ago when we started the podcast, the shortcut method, and we would be familiar. I'm sure there's plenty listening along who'd be familiar with the shortcut method, but just in case they need a refresher, how has the shortcut method been operating? Well, the ATO, uh, to their credit, uh, indicated uh, uh early on with COVID that um, they were prepared to accept a rule of thumb 80 cents per hour deduction Mm. Um, and that was uh, extended once but it came to an end on 30 June 2022. Right. And um, the ATO were being pushed by professional associations such as Chartered Accountants ANZ and others to say look um, this change as we've just discussed Gillian is is pretty permanent. Uh, Work from home is continuing on. What about uh, continuing this rule of thumb cents per hour deduction? took the ATO a while, but uh, they've finally come out with a draft practical compliance guideline, PCG 2022-D4, where they're prepared to accept a revised uh, rule of thumb deduction method. Okay, so what is it? What then is the change? 
Well, the big change uh, that uh, has attracted the headlines is it's no longer 80 cents per hour from 1 July 2022. Rather, it's 67 cents per hour. And it doesn't cover uh, the sorts of things that the previous uh, cents per hour method covered. The 67 cents per hour is designed to cover energy expenses, for example, uh, electricity, gas that you use for lighting, heating, cooling, and to run your electronic items. Mm. It covers internet expenses. It covers mobile and home telephone costs. And it covers stationary and computer consumables. But if you have depreciating assets like that uh, office desk, that ergonomic chair, mm. that uh, laptop, uh, computer screen, um, you should claim a depreciation deduction for those items of uh, capital equipment. Mm. That could potentially be a little brain hurting. So how is it that clients, that accountants can help their clients to understand the change and make sure that they are claiming correctly and claiming the right things? Well, it's, uh, it's a little bit difficult to explain to clients because um, the first thing that you've got to get into your client's head is that they've actually got to incur an expense. Um, some people forget that important step. And uh, let's take the example of a young uh, taxpayer who's still uh, uh, in the workforce, obviously, but still working uh, at home uh, with mum and dad uh, paying all the bills. Mm. Um, well, unfortunately, that particular young adult taxpayer is not going to be able to claim here because it's mum and dad that are paying the electricity bill, uh, the internet costs, uh, maybe even have provided the mobile phone um, and uh, all the stationary and computer consumables. So the first step is to look your client in the eye and say, really, did you incur anything? And even when they go to claim the uh, depreciation deductions, you say, uh, that laptop, that's really your boss's laptop, isn't it? You didn't pay for that. Um, that ergonomic chair, uh, your boss paid for that, didn't they? Um, so by interrogating the client and asking just a few le leading questions, you might quickly establish that there's nothing to claim because the taxpayer client didn't incur anything. Mm -hmm. It's a really good point to make. On on the 60, before we drill down a little bit further into that, on the 67 cents per hour deduction, it's obviously much less than the 80 cents per hour deduction. How did the ATO come up with that figure, with the 67 cents per hour? Well, I think give us the, the behind the scenes story and then, and then this, uh, the, the, what we can glean from the new draft practical compliance guidance. I think behind the scenes, uh, I'd have to say the ATO has been telling us for a while now that they're very concerned about the growth in work-related deduction expenses. And um, uh, I think they're a bit conscious of the impact on the revenue bottom line, quite mm, frankly. Okay. And it wouldn't surprise, in fact, I'm pretty sure they would have cleared this new guideline with the Treasurer's Office because it is, in a way, quasi-lawmaking to give Australians this 67 cents per hour deduction method. And the ATO justify that by saying, well, the Commissioner has the general power of administration under the tax law. So the way the ATO expressed this is to say, you know what, you, you use this 67 cents per hour method correctly and we won't apply compliance resources to check out your deduction claim. So it's, it's a funny sort of uh, method of doing it, uh, quasi-lawmaking but using the Commissioner's general power of administration. But uh, the other factor is, of course, that they were concerned 
and this is clearly um, evidenced by the new draft guideline, they were concerned that we were all claiming deductions for items of capital equipment and I think they wanted to push a lot more Australians into actually claiming um, the depreciation method uh, for those items of capital equipment, that office desk, uh, that office chair, uh, any home-based computer equipment, etc. So the 67 cent method, as I've mentioned, doesn't include those capital items. Um, so that's another reason why it came down. Um, the other thing, of course, is to is to uh, just validate with with uh, with you with your client is that uh, the boss isn't incurring any of these uh, expenses either. Um, you may you may find the client gets their the work-related portion of their mobile phone reimbursed by the boss, the employer. Mm. You may find that... Uh, um, well, if the laptop breaks, you take it back and they give you a new one. Yeah, um, yes. the stationery. You're in the habit of going into the office now and again and uh, you, the raid the, you raid the stationery mm. cupboard. Hello, I'll take home this pen, of course, yes. Yeah. And they're valid points that you make. And that brings me back to the point then on record-keeping. And you'd mentioned that the $0.80 cents method finished on June 30, 2022, so... This new method will be in place from 1st July, but we, we didn't hear about it until recently. So what will be going on then when it comes to record-keeping and to proving how you claim and work out these deductions? Well, this is where we get into dangerous territory, Gillian. Um, oh, this need new... some dramatic music to insert <laughs> here. <laughs> this practical compliance guide, the, the draft that I mentioned is big, really emphasising uh, on the record-keeping. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I think a lot of Australians would have looked at that 80 cents per hour method and said, look, I can figure this out. There's 365 days in a year. Subtract the weekends when I don't work. Subtract the public holidays. Um, subtract the annual leave and I'm you know, I don't know, five, ten days of sick, whatever sick leave you've claimed. Mm. Oh, that's about right. And I, I figure I worked, you know, three out of five days of work from home. Uh, get the back of the envelope out, write it down, do the maths, and Bob's your uncle. Yeah, your hunky dory plan. sort of thing. Yes. Now, this ATO draft guideline is very, very uh, firm on the need for a record of the actual days and the time spent working from home. Now, you and I are white-collar workers, so uh, we go to our computers, we turn them on, and there's an there's a electronic calendar supplied by our employer, and we keep track of our appointments and mm. holidays. And Now, the ATO is uh, saying, use that tool, use those calendars, either the, the boss's calendar or the you know your own calendar, diary entries to evidence the fact that you were actually working from home for that day for those hours. Mm. Now, I'm not at all confident um, that in the real world where tax agents and their clients operate, uh, we are all religiously doing that. Mm. Mm. Now, as you say, quite rightly, the ATO took a little while to come up with this revised approach. And for the current financial year, the year ended 30 June 2022, they appreciate that we've only just found out about this this new 67 cents per hour method and they're saying look um, use use a, a reasonable approach 
for the current year. Mm. But from the next year, um, uh, and, 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 and going forward, going forward yes. from now, yes. um, for heaven's sake, start using that diary or, or uh, other method of keeping track because uh, um, there is a risk uh, that the ATO will ask to see it. Mm. And if all you can produce is this back of the envelope calculation, you're in deep strife because you, uh, you're going to have to try and either recreate that, that diary somehow, mm. Mm. Uh, and that's very difficult, as you mm. can imagine. It is, yes. Um, or you're in, you, they'll just deny you the, uh, the 67 cents per hour method, and you, all you can do is fall back on the actual cost method. And we'll get to that in a minute, I know, but um, the actual cost method is, you know, claiming the actual proportion of costs incurred on the internet or the, the electricity bill or the gas bill or the stationary bill. So once, you, once you've mucked up your uh, substantiation uh, uh, records or you don't have them, mm. then you really only uh, can fall back on the actual deduction mm. method. Mm. And in many cases, the client may not have kept those uh, those bills. Those details. Mm. I mean, let's talk about that briefly. What would you be recommending those listening along, the accountants listening along, saying to their clients on, on now that you've seen these changes, is there a way to tell what's better, the 67 cents or the actual? Well, the, the ATO uh, um, acknowledges that the actual method uh, is onerous, but it it can in some cases, uh, produce a much better outcome. Now, when we use the word actual, we're, we're saying, well, keep track of that energy bill, keep track of those consumables, keep track of the, particularly the telephone uh, and um, the internet costs, because there are some clients who are regularly on the phone making overseas calls from home, uh, you know, using expensive data downloads because, uh, you know, they're using every uh, every computer bit of software they can uh, load onto their, their systems and, you know, they've, they've got subscriptions to various uh, mm. online tools that they use in their mm. work. So it, and, and don't forget that desk. Don't forget that ergonomic chair. Don't forget the, the computer equipment you've actually purchased yourself mm. which you use in your work. So, yes, I think the answer to your question is yes, you will often find... For some, um, for some of your clients, that uh, the actual method, hands down, produces a bigger deduction, but it comes with greater substantiation requirements. But nonetheless, you will find invariably that there will be a client who, uh, as I said, has set up one of these sophisticated, uh, well-endowed, well-resourced home office environments. And uh, yes, go for the actual method. But yeah. please educate your clients about uh, the substantiation mm, obligations. What's involved in that? Well, and, and back to this new guideline, this this practical compliance guideline. It's it is that it's a guideline, not a ruling. So why is that? Well, this is where the uh, the commissioner's general power of administration comes in. And uh, to be frank, Gillian, there's a lot of accountants I talk to in our CA community that are getting increasingly concerned about the ATO's use of practical compliance guidelines mm. and this general power of administration to say, look, do it this way, stay within these sorts of frameworks, uh, even traffic lights, you know, stay in the green zone, don't stray into the amber or the red zone, mm. and you'll be okay. We won't... We won't um, devote compliance resources to check you out. Mm. Now, 
um, I guess if I was an ATO official, to be fair, I'd say, well, I'm trying to give, I'm trying to give taxpayers a guide as to you know how to how to stay on the right side of the ATO, how to swim between the flags, as one prominent uh, senior ATO official um, used to say. Well, that's good, um, but um, invariably the ATO can and sometimes does do spot checks. Mm. Um, and particularly if you've got a very large claim, yes, um, um, you might be out of kilter, if you like, with your, your neighbour in a tax data sense. Uh, let's say you and I are both accountants, we both work in Sydney, but my my work from home deduction is far in excess of yours. Mm. Well, that makes me an outlier. And the data analytical people at the ATO might say, well, just check out that Michael Croker fellow and say, how did you come up with that very large home home office deduction claim? And that's when things get interesting. So that then leads me to think, well, will CAANZ, for example, be asking for this to be legislated or put in a ruling so that clients have greater certainty? Is it needed? That certainty. Well, I'm, 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 I'm very old, Gillian. I'm a 63-year-old uh, tax <laughs> practitioner. It's not old. Come I, on, there'll be plenty listening along saying, "Stop it, Michael." I, I sometimes <laughs> uh, get uh, the feeling I'm a bit of a dinosaur. I, I do like what you might call black-letter law approaches. I think uh, the Treasurer's Office would have been certainly advised about this 67 cents per hour method. I think. Uh, there would have been some green light, if you like, from the Treasurer's office. Um, remember, our country has, uh, in, a, in a budget sense, we have high uh, government debt and uh, a deficit, and um, every little bit helps. So um, it wouldn't be surprising to me if, uh, if the Treasurer does start looking around for ways to... Uh, shore up the tax base, perhaps as early as the May 2023 budget, the Treasurer might start looking around at uh, ideas. Let's just put it at that at the moment. Ideas for trying to, um, uh, you know, fix the tax base. And, you know, deductions, uh, CGT concessions, superannuation concessions, all of these things could be on the agenda in the future. And there's a big personal tax cut coming Gillian, you've, mm. we've all heard about it. Mm. It's the stage three mm. personal income tax cuts legislated. Uh, LAW law, as Paul Keating used to say, and <laughs> they come in from 1 July 2024. And you sort of think, you know, um, I might have retired by then, so I'll say it now and, 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 uh, and run away so no one holds me to it. But <laughs> I reckon if I was a treasurer or a treasury advisor, I'd be looking at the, the huge cost of those legislated tax cuts, which so far the Labor government remains committed to, mm. um, and saying, well, how can we address some of the, uh, uh, you know, other tax issues to try and, uh, you know, compensate for those? And changes. so then then bringing it back to this, does that mean then you think that there would be legislation in regards to the figure for deductions, or will it remain a guideline or a, or a draft sort of compliance guideline? Well, I think, and this is really crystal ball gazing here, and it's a personal comment, not uh, CAANZ speaking here, but I think there are many in our CA community who have long held the view that other countries 
uh, like New Zealand, uh, like the United Kingdom, um, most workers don't lodge a tax return. Mm. Most workers don't even have an entitlement to claim work-related deductions. Rather, they use the you know the payroll information, and Australia has a great new piece of infrastructure called Single Touch Payroll, uh, which is improving the way in which tax is deducted at source when 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 payday yes. comes along. Yes, and um, you know you could replace these deductions, not just this you know this work from home deduction, but self education deduction, all of, all the various work related deductions mm. that that workers might claim, and say. You know what? We'll just give you a an allowance, so just a fixed amount. Or, yes. And you know we've got all the data we really need. We get your employment income. We get all your investment income. We get um, information from health funds. Mm. It's all pre-filled. It's all it's yes. All, and we can really do your tax return without you lodging it. The only outlier, of course, and it's an important one for the uh, not-for-profit and charitable sector, is. Our donations. So, if uh, if we can come up with a a, uh, a mechanism for the reporting of donations made to the Red Cross, which is tax deductible, and we want to encourage philanthropy, obviously, mm-hmm. um, if we can come up with a system as other countries have done, by the way, it's not it's not impossible. Mm. Uh, so you get your deductions pre-filled as well. Uh, then you know we're looking at a stage where the, the uh, the Form I, the individual tax return, becomes almost unnecessary. Now, that's an interesting issue for parts of the tax agent community which are um, reliant on that that mm. annual need that's for, right. a, for yes, a compliance. That's right. Yes, part of the business. And although it's not a big fee, uh, you know, it's 100, 200, maybe, I don't know, depending on the complexity of the return. Yes. But that multiplied by X thousand individual mm. Mm. Uh, uh, clients uh, can be an important part of some income uh, models for some uh, uh, tax agent practices. Mm. So we'll see what happens. But my crystal ball gazing uh, suggests that that's where technology will take us. Interesting. God, I don't think we're expecting to get into a deep dive existential crisis on tax, but I like it. That's why we do the podcast, so we can learn. I did want to, we are rapidly running out of time. I've set a timer so we don't get carried away. I did just want to bring up a couple of uh, pieces of feedback that we've got on this draft guideline from the ATO, some feedback from our members. It's obviously a talking point. The last paragraph of the ATO draft PCG discusses an employee using the 67 cent method and it gives an example stating even though a worker uses her personal mobile phone for work when she's in the office she cannot claim any additional deduction for this work-related use of her phone in her 2022-23 income tax return and some of our members are saying that that's not fair does that make sense to you that concern there michael um this is the situation where the phone is used um so it's her personal mobile phone, mm. and she uses it for work when she's in the office. But mm. then she can't claim additional deduction for that work-related use of her phone. Yes, this is a this is a, a slightly worrying aspect of the of the draft guideline. The ATO keeps using the expression "additional costs of working from home." Um, so, uh, the tools that we're talking about, the work-related expenses, are meant to be 
expenses we incur in the home. Yes. Um, and there are still other unfairnesses, or perceived unfairnesses, in the sense that, uh, you know, only only certain occupations can get this. Uh, this the, the paramedic. Uh, yes, you know, it's the, a good point, isn't it? The, the, the lady or man who, uh, you know... Has to be in the office or has to be at their workplace. Has to be at the workplace, yes. which is a, which is a, an ambulance or whatever, careering around town. Yes, yes. So uh, you've got to look carefully at uh, where the expense was incurred. Uh, is it an additional cost of uh, working from home? And is this an occupation that actually can or does work from home? Mm, mm. Um, but, you know, there are other scenarios. The examples are worth reading Um just to try to get your head around how it all might interject. Exactly. So yes. you, you could have the plumber, a self-employed plumber, right? And uh, he or she is out and about, uh, you know, doing uh, on the you know, job calls at, at homes and, and businesses. But at night time, uh, as many small business people do, they come back and after dinner they're into the home office and they're doing their books and they're doing their uh, accounts rendering and yeah, uh, invoices all that yeah. sort of stuff yes. so those hours count it's 24 hours in a day Gillian and yes. uh, a lot of people make full use of that yeah, and another member is concerned about how the draft ATO document is worded in relation to the level of substantiation that's required and how this might then impact eligibility. What do you think of the document's wording? Could it be expressed more clearly? We tried really hard to... Uh, to uh, there was a consultation phase, by the way. Uh, this is a draft guideline, but even yes. before it saw the light of, di- light of day, sorry, uh, CAANZ and other professional associations were consulted on this. We tried very hard to improve it. But I think for the reasons we mentioned earlier, the ATO is very keen to keep a tight rein on this particular deduction claim. Mm. So... Um, uh, not much I can say. The ATO uh, is right in the sense that you know there are some fundamental criteria to, to we all have to satisfy to claim any deduction, um, and uh, they're hot to trot on the substantiation. And I think, as a tax agent advisor, I think uh, if I was still in practice, I'd be I'd be a little bit concerned about um, uh, concerned about this aspect, this substantiation record keeping requirement. If you're only doing a tax return and charging the client $150, $200 a day, uh, for the tax return or whatever, then, you know, are you really going to pour through the uh, the diary? Mm, are you really mm. going to check the substantiation records? In practice, what a lot of tax agents do is have a handout or some form of uh, link to the ATO requirements on the website and say, you have told us. You have told us in the course of preparing your return, we have relied upon you mm. assuring us that you have kept a diary uh, recording the days that you work from home and the hours that you work from home. And we are relying upon the veracity of the information you provided us. Mm. Now, we generally do that in our uh, our, con- uh, our, uh, our agreement with the client our, yes. uh, uh, or our sent for signature letter has various names. Yes. Um, you think that's enough now for this? Well, it has to be because it just doesn't. Uh, the, these personal tax returns for many advisors and tax agents are, uh, well, they're marginal in terms of profitability. Let's put it that way. And you rely more on the advising, uh, you know, Aspects. the transactions. Uh, yes. Like you, you're buying and selling a business. You want to set up your own business. There's been a death in the family. You know, there is premium work and there is low margin work and. Uh, with all the best will in the world, my my fear is that the ATO um, 
can be a little bit naive, uh, if you like, about the costs of running a tax agent practice and expecting, uh, in a business sense, uh, tax agents to look chapter adverse at substantiation mm. records. So I think it's important to have, be savvy, though, as a tax agent uh, and former practitioner, look your client in the eye and say, did you really incur this? You know, you, you're only a young person. Mum and dad paid for this, right? Uh, and and did, did the boss really provide all this for you? You didn't, you know, because that's an easy one to check, right? The mm. HR just ring up the employer and say, uh, that laptop that Gillian's using, mm. uh, she says she paid for it. No, mm. no, no, no. No, no, that's an employer provided, mm. uh, you know, mm. you can be caught out so mm. quick, easily. Mm. Do you have that diary record? And um, and this is where, unfortunately, we do hear some some sad stories where the tax agent said, well, I believe the client. I, mm. I looked the client in the eye and I said, yeah, I do keep a diary. And then when push comes to shove, if it comes to the, that, the ATO. Yes. And they think, oh, no, actually, I can't find it. Yes. And, and by the way, sometimes the client hasn't lied. Sometimes they can't find it because they've changed jobs. Guess where their work diary was, Gillian? Yes, stuck in the old computer. <laughs> on the old computer, <laughs> uh, on the old systems, for, you know, with the former employer. Yes. And all of a sudden you think, oh, my God, what do I do now? Yes. And the ATO are going to have to scratch their heads here too. Believe me, there's going to be a, have to be a little bit of give and take on both sides, the regulator and the tax agent uh, mm. uh, and the client to say, look – this sounds right. Uh, if if we get down and dirty and too detailed on this practical compliance guide, well, it's not very practical. That's a very good point and a great point to finish on. We will put a link to the practical compliance guideline in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself and share this episode with other members in your area as well as your clients. This is just the beginning. Thanks for joining us for episode one of the new season. Don't forget all the great resources on topics such as technical accounting support, practice management support and other personal and professional skills that a CA ANZ membership gives you. There's the library too where you'll find the tools and resources hub as well as the quality management hub which can help your business with practical information and LinkedIn learning that's tailored to your personal needs. All the links to all of that will be in the show notes and rate, review and share. Let's start a conversation. Thank you Michael Croker for joining Small Firm Big Impact. You'll be back for sure. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Bye.